All right, well, today we are continuing our topic, or our series, rather, of some assembly required. And today's topic is all about how to find Mr. or Mrs. Wright. Now, some of you here are thinking, oh my gosh, why am I here? I don't need to listen to this. I'm already married. But I want to challenge you with something. We all know people who are searching for a Mr. or Mrs. Wright, okay? You've either got kids or you've got other family members, you've got friends, you've got co-workers. And so what I want to do is I want to challenge you this morning to take what you hear this morning and then to be able to pass it on, be able to encourage them and build them up with this. And besides that, there's going to be some stuff here that you'll be able to apply yourself as well. Second thing I want to say is that I cannot say everything that this topic covers, okay? I'm going to cover three big issue things based off of the passage we're going to look at this morning. Um, But there are other books, uh, Christian authors and and whatnot who have written some very good stuff about dating and and, uh, romantic relationships, so I'd encourage you to, um, to check those out. Now, if you've ever been single at all in your life, which, guess what, is everybody in this room, then you have experienced to some degree some failure in an attempt to locate the, your potential spouse. Or if, like in my case, some epic comedic failure in finding your potential spouse. Like the time in high school I was so sure this particular girl was the one for me. I got up the guts to ask her to prom. Uh, everything went wrong from there. She said yes, and then everything else was just bad. Um, my dad had to chauffeur us because I didn't have my license. Uh, at the restaurant, I saw that she was almost ready to break down into tears. I kid you not. She, her, her breathing was heavy and she got this panicked look on her face and I thought she was going to bust out crying. And I'm thinking, I got to stop this. I want her to like me. I want her to come back and to be mine forever and ever. So I told her a joke. And that joke went over like a fart in church. It wasn't very good. It just, it, it wasn't. I got the kind of obligatory, uh, and then finally, well, not finally, but then after that, we finally get seated. We're eating our meal. We're finally beginning, you know, to break up the ice a little bit and talk and, and whatnot. You know, I just, it never even crossed my mind that she just wanted to have fun. I was sure she thought I was the one too, and I, I don't get that. But anyway, um, I am very happily married now, and I don't regret the way this ended, but uh, <clears throat> Where was I going? Oh, yeah. So we finally break the ice, and we're talking, and she asks me a question, and I go to answer the question, thinking that I had already swallowed all of my food. But I hadn't. And so there it comes, down on my rented tux, and on the, yeah, I'll save you the gory details. And then to cap off the night... To cap off the night, the, the, the final straw that broke the camel's back, you know, I, I'm bound and determined to make her like me, but we spent the whole evening not talking and only dancing during the slow dances because that's the romantic thing to do, right? I mean, you don't want to get to know somebody and have fun. You just want to get right to the, hey, let's get down to business and let's say you're it and I'm it and let's go for it. I spent a lot of time after that horrible evening dreaming of the day when I would find my spouse. It was always on my mind, especially when I was in the the company of women. Ooh. But, oh, maybe this one over here. Yeah, I could see a lot. Not ever getting to know anybody, but still wanting, desiring, dreaming of that. 
And most of us at some time or another have had some similar experience. Maybe you're a woman who, who as a kid, just has, since you were a kid, has dreamed of the perfect wedding with the perfect groom, and you've just been looking forward to this happening. Maybe you're a guy, and for you, you haven't been dreaming of the perfect, perfect wedding, but you want to you wanna have somebody who is there with you all the time. You, you're, you have a great time with your friends, and you're enjoying that, but you want something deeper. You want something more. And, and maybe, whether you're a man or a woman, you've been waiting for a long time, and you are wondering if the wait is ever going to end. The desire to find Mr. or Mrs. Wright is a natural one. It's a good one. God created that in us. Okay, and he said that it's good. And as a matter of fact, in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, we are told that we were created for intimate relationship. God hardwired this into us. Okay, and so it's, it's part of what it means to be human, to relate face to face with other human beings. And we are in some degree incomplete without that relationship. And marriage is one of the best opportunities for that kind of relationship to happen. Proverbs 18.22 says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. There are a whole bunch of wives that just nudge their husbands. See, you're blessed. It, God says it's a good thing for people to get married. So the question we have to answer this morning is not, should I get married? As in, is it God's will for my life to be in relationship with somebody else? Because yes, absolutely, God's desire is for you to be in relationship with other people, okay? So we don't need to ask, should I get married? The, the question is, in our society, in our culture, how do we go about recognizing who is Mr. or Mrs. Right? How do we find that person, and there's a passage in the New Testament that gives us some really good perspective on this, and it's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 through chapter 7, verse 1. Now, we are going to read the whole thing, um, but it's not that long, I promise. So uh, let's, let's pick it up in chapter 6, verse 14. It says, Do not be mismatched with unbelievers. For what partnership is there between righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship is there between light and darkness? What agreement does Christ have with Belial, which is another name for Satan, or what does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? Now, in these verses, Paul, the, the, the author of this letter, is addressing the issue of intermarriage, not between races, okay? We're all human beings, and as long as you're marrying a human being, that's fine. So that, that issue's settled. What he's talking about is intermarriage between those who are Christ followers, those who are believers, and those who are not Christ followers, those who are not believers, okay? And he uses a series of questions that are rhetorical, all intended to point to the same exact conclusion, which is, there is no agreement between what belongs to God and what doesn't. The two are incompatible. Now, I need to say that Paul is not talking about severing ties of friendship and, and, and roles of influence with unbelievers, okay? The New Testament is 100% clear. For every single person here who is a Christ follower, we are to be affecting the world with the love of God. 
We are to be showing the world who he is, what he's like. We are to be extending his grace and his mercy. And we can't do that without being in relationship with unbelievers. It, it just can't happen. The, what Paul is talking about here is he's talking about linking arms with somebody in such a way saying that we are going the same exact direction in life. We are forging a common goal. The last question Paul poses sums it up really well. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? The picture he's painting here is that for those of us who are Christ followers, is that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are God's temple. Verse 16, for we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. You need to understand that the ancient view of a temple was that it was the physical location where a god or goddess would come down and, and either live or visit for the purpose of interacting with their worshipers and the worshipers being able to interact with them. We see this in action in the Old Testament when uh, in, in the wilderness when the Israelites had the tabernacle and then later in Jerusalem when they had the temple. We see uh, times when God's glory, that is his, the, the physical manifestation of his presence, comes down and rests on and in these locations. And then the people would go to these locations and they would serve God. They would worship God. And from there, God would bless them. All right, so Paul takes all of this idea and this, this temple language and he pulls it out of the Old Testament and he brings it to us. And he tells us that we are the temple of the living God. That for those of us who are Christ followers, we are the place where God dwells as individuals and corporately. We are the place where God inter- from which God interacts with the world and the world is able to interact back with God. That is our role. That is who we are. I think it's pretty cool. And this is ex- extremely important to us because it's the fulfillment of what God has promised in the Old Testament, especially in the books of Jeremiah and Ezekiel, where he promised to dwell among his people through his spirit and to let the world know who his people were by that relationship. So you see, it's, it's by the spirit that anyone who is a Christ follower is marked out as belonging to God. Here's a quote from a guy named Gordon Fee. He says, the spirit is the way God indwells his people and walks among them. He is the experienced expression of the divine presence who also creates and guarantees membership in God's family. Therefore, God's people must walk in his ways by the spirit's perfecting holiness in the fear of God, of the Lord, excuse me. Uh, So what does that mean? Well, let's move on to verse 17 in 2 Corinthians 6. Therefore, come out from them and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch nothing unclean. Then I will welcome you, and I will be your father, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and of spirit, making holiness perfect in the fear of God. Because God's promise of dwelling with and in his people has been fulfilled, it's up to us as Christ followers to live for him in the power of the Spirit. That's our role. That's our job. 
See, God isn't interested in us merely checking off a list of beliefs. Yep, Jesus is God. He rose from the dead. He was born of a virgin. All that kind of stuff. Okay, now I can go on. I agree with those things. Now I can go on with my life. No, 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 no. That's not what God wants. God wants us to live a life of devotion to him with our whole selves. So what we do with our bodies matters. What we do with our minds matters. What I do with my entire self matters because I belong to God. I am his temple. And this is the big idea this morning. As Christ followers, our allegiance is to Jesus first and foremost. And for our purposes in this particular subject matter, that means we need to make any potential romantic relationship subject to him. We need to make that subject to him. So here's some things to consider and practice as you, if you're looking for uh, Mr. or Mrs. Wright based on the fact that since you belong to Jesus, you are in fact the temple of God. Number one, there is more than one potential Mr. or Mrs. Wright, but you need to be wise in choosing. There's more than one potential, but you need to be wise in choosing. Here's, here's the deal. We all fall on a spectrum when it comes to finding Mr. or Mrs. Wright. Uh, on the one extreme, you've got people who, if they're Christians, they'll say it's God. If they're not Christians, then they'll say it's fate, destiny, the powers, whatever. Uh, you know, is either going to guide me to this person or that person to me. Okay, and there's one person for, meant for me, and, I, and, and somehow or other, I've got to find this individual. The other extreme of the spectrum is that, well, it doesn't really matter I could be with anybody. Life is short, so let's just get on with it. All right? And that one typically is fueled by fear of being alone. I don't want to be alone. I, I, I want to escape being alone. And so it, it, it's putting on lenses that makes everything look good. Okay, And I know somebody who's in that particular situation right now, and it's caused a lot of heartache for them, and it breaks my heart. But the other extreme isn't great either because, um, in case you didn't know, there's somewhere in the neighborhood of 7 billion people on planet Earth. Okay, if we take that number and say, I mean, I don't know what, exactly what the ratio is because there's probably more of men or, or women than the other. But um, even if we were to take that number and cut it right in half, that still leaves 3.5 billion people to wade through just slightly delusional you're going to find the one, okay? It's like a needle in a haystack for crying out loud. So there's somewhere in between, there's a balance. There are some things that we have to take into consideration. We've got to find out what's their general direction in life. Are, are, are they going to be a good, you know, are, are they going to be be a meaningful, good part of society and, and, and give something back to the relationship. If somebody is 40 years old living in their mom's basement playing video games all day, that's probably a good clue that, no, not so much. Maybe a good friend, but not for the other relationship, okay? You got to think about things like family background. You got to talk through issues of what are we going to deal with with kids, how many? You know, all, there's a ton of questions that have to be answered. But for those who are Christ followers, there is one question that supersedes all of those. And it is this. 
Is that other person a Christ follower? Are they a member of God's family? Remember, you are God's temple. To try to mix a life that honors God and proclaims that Jesus is king of the universe with a life that doesn't won't work. It won't work. It's like, it's like trying to mix oil and water. The two ways of living are diametrically opposed to each other. Something is going to give. And trying to mix that, quite frankly, is probably going to produce a lot of heartache and some bad conflict. So you have to answer that question first. Because if they aren't a Christ follower, then whatever else they are, whatever else they have, whatever else they do or don't do, whatever, no matter how nice they are, if they're not a Christ follower, then you've got to back off from that relationship, romantically speaking, okay? Now, I realize it's difficult to hear. I had a plan for getting married when I was about, uh, by the time I was about 22, uh, my parents did that. I thought, hey, this is a really good idea. I'm going to do this. I want, I'll, then I'll start my family a couple of years after that. I didn't get married until I was almost 30, and I met my wife through eHarmony. So, which does work, by the way. Um, not a commercial for eHarmony. But uh, what I'm saying is my plan, I had to put my plans on hold. I had to put my desires on hold. I know what that is, and I know how difficult that is. The truth, however, is that if you are going to seek Jesus and live his life, then you have to submit any potential mate to him first. That is where you start. Once that question is answered, then you can move on to all of the other questions. And, and if they line up pretty well, and by the way, just so you know, there's no one perfect ideal person out there. Pastor Kurt made that point a couple weeks ago. Sometimes... Women don't make sense. Sometimes men don't make sense. Live with it. This is our state. This is what happens. Okay? So nobody's going to match up perfectly. But if you, get most, if you get most of what you're looking for, hey, you got a pretty good potential mate there. Okay? So that's the first thing. We've got to answer that question. Are they a Christ follower? The second thing we need to do to find Mr. or Mrs. Wright is that they will be found through healthy relationship not sex. <gasps> you said sex in church. Yeah, I did. I remember a time when I was on a band and choir trip, um, and I was young in high school, and I overheard a conversation among some older uh, high schoolers about um, premarital sex and if it was okay and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And one of the guys pi piped up, and oh, leave it to a high school guy to say this. He said, well, you know, you test drive a car before you buy it. Now, maybe you've heard that argument before. Maybe you've made that argument before. That is a dumb argument. It's just stupid. The fact of the matter is that that argument elevates this, the, those really fun feelings, okay? Really good feelings above everything else in a marriage, Everything else in a relationship. But there are some other issues. As important as sex is in a marriage, there are some other things that need to happen first. Like communication. Learning not only to speak in a way that you make yourself heard, but at the same time giving 
the other person the gift of hearing them. Listening to what they're say, saying. Taking the time to understand them and being able to reflect back to them what they're saying. Communicate with each other. Serving is another area. Having a mindset that puts the other person's needs on an equal footing with yours. And honestly, many times, maybe even most of the time, on a higher setting than yours. Serving somebody else, looking out for their interests above your own. Conflict resolution is another area. Being able to work through the hard issues of life and the not-so-hard issues like toilet paper backwards or squeezing the toothpaste from the middle to the bottom or the top, whatever. We never fight about that. But being able to work through those things so that each partner is, is benefited and the relationship is made whole. All of those things are thing you, things you can work on outside of a romantic relationship. You can work on those things with your friends, with your family. You don't have to be married. And as a matter of fact, I would actually encourage you, work on those things before you get into that relationship because you're going to need them. Anybody here who's been married for more than 10 minutes can tell you that. All right? Something else to think about is this. If you're a Christ follower, what you do with your body matters. Remember, you are the temple of the living God. For you, there's a certain amount of obedience and, and simply choosing to honor God with your physical body when you choose to keep sex for the marriage relationship that God created it for. And when sex is reserved for marriage, then it can be enjoyed as an expression of love that surpasses anything single people merely hooking up experience. All right? And ladies, I want to let you in on a little dirty secret for guys. Um, not really a dirty secret. Guys are created with a physical need for sex. That's the way God made us. We are not perverts for thinking about sex. It's just hardwired into us, okay? When you meet that need for a guy outside of the, the marriage relationship, you are short-circuiting yourself because now he's got no reason to meet your need. He's got no reason to commit to you in the level that you want him to commit. I do not mean to be crude or crass with you on this, but have you ever heard the phrase, why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? I'm not saying ladies are cows. You're not cows. But it's folksy wisdom from down home, okay? <clears throat> if a guy is getting what he needs, what else is there to do? All right? That's the plain fact of it. And guys, guess what? For you, nobody's ever died from not having sex. I know. When I was single, I checked the obituaries all the time looking to see how long I was going to live. All right? You're not going to die. It won't kill you. When you base a relationship on healthy relationship skills, when you learn to relate competently with other people, everything else flows out of that, okay? So there are other things that are more important even than sex. Third thing, if you want to find Mr. or Mrs. Wright... Be Mr. or Mrs. Wright. 
If you want to find Mr. or Mrs. Right, be Mr. or Mrs. Right. Have you ever heard the, the phrase, looking for love in all the wrong places? Yeah, most of us have. I think it's an old country western song. <clears throat> but you, that's really true. If you're looking for somebody who is a non-partier, probably shouldn't go to parties looking for them. Okay? So I, the places we go to are important, but so is the kind of people that we are. If, if you want somebody who is a non-jerk, you need to learn to be a non-jerk yourself. If you want someone who is loving and compassionate, then you need to love and serve. Because you're not going to attract somebody by simply just take, 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 take. All right? It's a giving thing. It's a giving relationship. The good news is that you don't have to accomplish this on your own. Part of what it means to be the temple of, of the living God is that we have the Spirit in and with us. Okay? God gives us His Spirit. And He enables us to live the way God calls us to live. He's going to teach us and train us. He's not just going to magically say, Bing! You're ready. Okay, that's not going to happen. You're going to have to go through a process. But He's going to bring... He's going to bring that fruit of love and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and all of those things in your life as you walk with him. So the question is, how do we become empowered by the Spirit? Here are some ways, some very easy ways to do that. First of all, engage in worship. Ephesians 5 tells us that the act of engaging in singing to God opens us up to being empowered and filled with the Spirit. Paul says in Ephesians 5, make melody in your heart. Sing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs to one another. And he's talking about that in the context of being filled with the Spirit. Another way, reading God's Word, praying, asking God to help you apply what He's talking to you about. Just spending time in His presence. That will get you filled with the Spirit. Finally, get in community with other believers who are seeking Jesus first. We've got some great life groups around. If you're single and you're looking for one, we've got one uh, for ages 18 to 25 called Veritas. Great group. Uh, you can get plugged in. And I'm not saying go there looking for a romantic relationship. I'm saying go to these groups looking for connections with other believers who are going to be able to walk with you. Okay? Okay. We've got another Veritas group called Axiom, and it's for uh, people ages 25 to 35. Another great place to go. Uh, we've got another singles group called Purposeful Singleness, and that meets here on Thursday nights. Great group. Get connected. And we've got other groups. You can find them on the web, on our website, uh, on our online directory. But get plugged in to some groups. While you are single and waiting... This kind of community is a great way to fulfill the needs for companionship. If you want to find Mr. or Mrs. Wright, be Mr. or Mrs. Wright. Now, finding Mr. or Mrs. Wright is not impossible. It is going to take intentionality on your part and a willingness to submit everything to God. Imagine with me what your life would be like if on the way to finding a spouse, you became everything God wants you to become. 
I'm not saying perfect. I'm not saying complete. I'm not saying, oh, yeah, I got to get done and perfect before God's going to give me a wife or a husband or whatever. I'm not saying that. I'm saying as you are growing, you are becoming, you are in the process of becoming all that God has created you to do, to be for him. If as an individual you are able to be the temple of God and you are able to reflect God to the world and then reflect the world back up to God as God has called you to be, what would your life be like? Why don't you pray with me? Father, this issue of finding a Mr. or Mrs. Wright is, um, is a serious issue, and it's, it's one that's important to a lot of people, and I know that there are people in this room who have experienced heartache in that and whatnot. Lord, I pray for your peace and your grace for them. Father, I ask that you would pour your love out in their hearts, in their minds, that they would be able to, to experience your presence and your love for them. And at the same time, Father, I pray that you would, you would encourage them, that you would help them to, to be able to find community where they're going to be able to be built up and they're going to be able to help other people be built up. And while they wait to just be your temple, God, to worship you and, and to bring the world before you, Maybe you're here this morning and you're not yet a Christ follower, but you want to begin your life as a Christ follower. I'm going to say a prayer here, and I want you just to make it your own. You don't have to stand up or come forward or anything. Just make this prayer yours. Jesus, I've been doing life on my own. I've been doing things the way I want to do them, but I want to be with you. I, I want to have your life. I want to have your spirit in me. Take me, I'm yours. Make me your temple. Father, for anybody who has said that prayer this morning, I pray that you would encourage them. That they would know just deep down inside that you are with them, that you are in them, that they belong to you. God, help all of us to live as your temple. That's your will for all of us, God. Help us all, whether we're looking for a Mr. or a Mrs. Wright or whatever else we're doing in life, to view everything through the grid of who you are and who we are because of you. And empower us to live that way by your spirit, I ask. In Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you stand with us? We're going to sing one song here and uh, give in the offering. And if you fill out that communication tab, you, this is the time when you can put that in, in the offering bag. So just stand with us as we sing one more song here. God wants to be with you. He wants to be in you. And I want to encourage you. Find avenues to be filled with his spirit this week. One way to do that, right over here at this corner, we've got a boundaries class that's coming up and you'll be able to join with other believers in learning how to set healthy boundaries and whatnot. And you can see John and Teresa over there. Don't forget the Big Daddy Weave concert coming up. And if you want to take communion, we've got that on either side of the room. And then the, if you need prayer, come this way. We'll have the prayer team up front. 
Thank you for being with us. We'll see you next week.